0: Hello, this is Michelle Weston, your host for Wellness Learning Curves 2.0 Talk Radio for Women. I have always been able to get some really, really cool, interesting women. Uh, mostly women, and uh, which makes me happy for a nine, you know, 360 Talk Radio empowering women. Today, I have a woman who came to me through that fabulous nutritionist that I had, Eleonora. Eleonora connected me with the woman that I'm going to speak today. So so Anna, who is in Iowa, yes, I agree. with a lot of snow that she has told me, a lot of yeah. snow. We're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about gluten free and what does celiac mean? And she's coming to us with two different hats. She is an expert in this because she has a fabulous bakery and bakery. that she, It's more online bakery. I shouldn't say bakery as a standing bakery, but she has great products to help herself being gluten intolerant, which I like better. I like gluten intolerant. And she also has developed a lot of things that people needed who wanted to use different kinds of grains and, and flours, which I think is great. So we're going to delve into that. So Anna, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks. Good. Curious. I'm going to ask this question right out of the gate. Who diagnosed you? You.
1: A dermatologist in Providence, Rhode Island.
0: Okay. And how did you get there? What made you see this person?
1: Well... I was living in Providence and working in Boston at the time, and I had developed—I had been not feeling great, and I developed this really strange rash on my elbows. And my best friend, who lived also in Providence, is an internal medicine doctor. Yeah. She said, "I don't know. This is really weird. You—you might—you better go get this checked." So I went to Brown University Medical School or College, and um, the physician who saw me, looked at me, looked at my elbows and he said, does anyone in your family have celiac disease? I was like, no, no, not that I'm aware of. And he said, you can't eat gluten. And I said, what's gluten?
0: (laughs) Thank you. And I think that's the most important thing. We know more today, but when was this? How many years ago was this? It was 1998. Okay. So we we really were just starting to tip into that, right?
1: And he said, you know, they did a biopsy see all these medical students poured in the room to look at my elbows. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I And he said, yeah, I'm pretty sure you have celiac disease. So he said, come back and see me. I'll give you a steroid because people can't follow this diet. It's an impossible diet. And the only patient I've ever had who could follow it was, you know, 93 and from England. So I guess it meant when you're old and you're from England, you don't care about food. I don't know.
0: I don't but, know. Or I said, maybe more disciplined. Maybe they were thinking yeah, English yeah. and old means disciplined. I don't yeah, know.
1: Yeah. So I said well don't tell me I can't do this diet because you know i had been diagnosed type 1 diabetic at age 16. so I said to him I've been diabetic a long time I can do this diet so you know of course I had no idea what I was in for <laughs> you know, when he told me that because at that time there was just almost nothing available so
0: but you know I, and I I'm curious lucky. and I'm curious in 1998 what did the diet look Like, was it very different than today? Well, the only
1: gluten free grain then basically was rice, Hmm. just rice flour. That was the only thing you could buy off the shelf. There weren't, there was not the array of gluten free grains that there are now. So, you know, he, I did feel lucky. You know, I later learned that many people go, and I go years, like decades without being diagnosed and suffering with symptoms. So I felt pretty lucky that you know at that point I had not been feeling well for probably a year or two but once I was diagnosed and I learned more about celiac I realized I'd probably had it since I was a kid okay and it just kind
0: of surfaced uh you know through my skin and, and I'm cu- I'm curious did you when he gave you the diet, he felt it was impossible. What do you think is the most challenging for people given a diagnosis of celiac a disease?
1: Well, from what I've experienced, you know, in the many years I've been in the gluten free business, is that convenience, people and the social aspect of food. So people have the hardest time adjusting to, you know, going out to eat, going to a family or friend's house for dinner and being this one that's got this weird diet and they try to make accommodations and you eat the food knowing that there's probably cross-contamination. You might eat the food. I often don't, but mm. you know, this is what people have told me, you know, you feel like you've put these people out so that they make this gluten-free food for you. that are so proud of it that you eat it and then you get sick. So I think the social aspect of the diet is probably the most challenging. And then up until I would say the last few years, the available options were just not that great. Okay,
0: okay. And today when you go into a restaurant, do you find that if you order something that is gluten-free, it's gluten-free? Or do you stick to foods that you know, like salads or certain categories of foods that you know have a less chance of? having cross-contamination, which you just mentioned, which is very interesting. People just think, oh, if they're just making it, it's fine. It depends on the restaurant.
1: I mean, you can kind of tell when you walk in if this is, you know, the kind of place that really gets it or doesn't. You can pick up pretty quickly when you talk to the wait staff, whether or not they understand. And frankly, I don't eat out very much. Okay, It's just, you know, you, you can think you're making great headway. They totally get it. You order a salad and there's like a of bread crumbs on top, or you know, croutons. <laughs> so it's sort of like, it- you just, it's kind of hit or miss. And I generally am not willing to take the risk. It's just, it. I feel too awful. Um, I'm out of commission for too long if I get gluten. Mm. So I um, i just, I, you know, I just
0: say, bring me
1: a glass of water. You know what
0: I mean? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and you're with the people, which is more important, Anna, is being with the people that you're there with. Here in New York, you know, I'm here in, you know, a big city, which, you know, we do go out and- And that's why I'm asking, you know, it's good to hear that you say, you know, look around, ask questions. You know, it can be as simple as, are they taking the gluten-free pasta and putting it in a separate boiling water than the wheat pasta that they're using? Well, and usually if they offer that up, Mm -hmm. you know, if I don't have to
1: ask and they offer that up. Yep. And here they do. Okay. They really do. They
0: go out of their way. So I was curious, it's not going to be a lot of choices, but there's going to be, be a choice for you maybe a vegetable platter that's all vegetables and they're saying it's gluten free so yeah. they're being more more and careful
1: more People now are diagnosed, so it's off. It's not uncommon that in a kitchen in a restaurant, somebody has a family member with celiac, or someone in the kitchen is gluten free. So it's it's much much different than it was, you know, twenty
0: some years ago. Yeah, well, it, it's interesting. A dermatologist. So I'm. I want the you know listeners out there to hear that because how do you get there? This is I've never heard of a dermatologist diagnosed. Yeah, so for me,
1: called dermatitis
0: herpetiformis, and it's a skin rash directly linked to celiac disease. And that's fascinating because there are people out there who are suffering; they don't even know they may have, they may get a rash and not know it's connected. So, normally, what else happens to people with celiac intolerance? What other symptoms do people um, get that let them know that food is bothering them?
1: Well, celiac is tricky because it can be hard to diagnose because you can be what's called a silent celiac and really have no outward visible you know or disruptive symptoms so the way those people get diagnosed is usually uh first degree family members been diagnosed and it's been advised that they get tested so they get tested and boom they're celiac and had no idea the other the, the you know the other range of symptoms can be fatigue headache gi distress um, brain fog um, you know skin problems. Problems. Okay. You know, it's just, it's, it's can be associated with lots of other illnesses. I've talked to many people Mm. who were diagnosed with depression.
0: Wow. And the gluten intolerance. Wow.
1: Or anxiety. And, um, you know, when your gut is not functioning, it Really affects a lot of different parts of your body, including your brain. And it's become
0: not just fashionable because people who you know follow trends and things think this this is about fashionable, but it's become much more common to meet people who have this challenge and be able to ask questions. A lot of people, a
1: lot of people are self diagnosing, and that's both good and bad. I mean, the good thing is you know it's kind of like stimulus response. Eat the gluten, feel sick. Get rid of the gluten, feel better. Okay, that's great. But if you've got celiac, okay, and you just think you've got an issue with gluten, and you're sneaking gluten in, and you just keep doing that and doing that over years, mm-hmm. um, you're doing damage, a lot of damage to your intestines. And um, so,
0: wait, stop for a second because I think that what you said, because you're very knowledgeable, and I'm really glad to have you on. My mother suffered with it, and you know, people used to poo-poo her, but she felt better when she wasn't eating gluten. And I have, you know, you have to honor that when somebody says, I really feel much better when I don't eat it. Um, we talked about brain fog. We talked about, uh, depression, anxiety, um, some kind of dermat- dermatological, um, What else, I'm trying to think, what else in regards to what people look for? Do you think it's an instant? I guess that's a good question. Do you think that reaction to it is instant or do you think it's a buildup over time or over hours?
1: It's different for everyone. Okay. When I stopped eating gluten on day three, I woke up and I thought, I feel different. Hmm. I've never felt like this. I have energy. And I it then it started to hit me. I- I've never felt this good in my life. Hmm.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: You know, for 30 years, I had felt like really pretty crappy. (laughs) And so I think for some people, it, you know, they can eat the gluten and have, you know, an almost instantaneous reaction. So I've talked to people who say it hits some days or even a week later. Wow. So, you know, it's just so, uh, I mean, there are common symptoms common experiences, but there's also variations that are unique to each person. Those variations in a bigger kind of picture mm-hmm. become one of the possibilities. You know, that you'll, you know, the more people you talk to, the more you'll hear that they've got the same thing that happens to them, that happens to somebody else, but it may not be known as a common reaction or a common symptom. So it's just, I mean, it wasn't until I think... Um, Um, 2006 or seven that they did a prevalence study to find out how many people you know have celiac disease. Until then, it was just thought to be really unknown. My friend who had gone to medical school, they said, "Oh, the celiac came up." They said, "Oh, you'll never see a case of it in your entire career. We're not even going to study it." You know, so it's so different now because of this prevalence study. We realize that it's much more common in the population than it was thought to have been.
0: So when did you start learning how uh, to work in uh, gluten-free foods, of course, with your diagnosis, but when did you start to become interested in food? Was it before diagnosis? Was it something that was always something that you were interested in? Was it part of uh, your your field?
1: Well, I had always been very interested in the connection between food and health, partly because, you know, I'm diabetic. Okay. So I had gone to graduate school in Baltimore. I got an MFA. And when I got out, I read this book by Anne-Marie Coben, who founded The
0: Natural Gourmet. Oh, she's fabulous. Oh my God, Anne-Marie Coben.
1: Mm. Yeah. So I I read her book, and I think it was titled, like, Food is Medicine, you know, which is just such a common phrase now, but- But food yeah. is medicine.
0: I mean, you know, Eleonora Gaffton, the nutritionist who introduced you and I, says, that, and I feel very strongly, food is medicine. If you're yeah. eating the right foods medicinally for your yeah. body, you're taking the right uh, avenue in regards yeah. to your choices. So food is meant. Anne Marie Cobin, C O B I N E. I think there's an
1: L in there. Colbin, Cobin. I, can't, you know, I'm sorry. I can't
0: remember this. Anne Marie Cobin. You guys, I'll put it up on my website when I find it for spelling because Anne Marie Cobin is a good resource. Yeah. She's a very good resource.
1: She passed away a few years ago. But, she but was her books are still around. <laughs> she went back and got a PhD much later in life mm. to kind of. Of, you know, she started this cooking school, she was a young mother, um, and she started this cooking school in New York. Um, and she started out as vegan, which I don't even know if like term vegan even existed then. But she learned pretty quickly that not everyone does well on a vegan diet. Correct. Then it became a vegetarian school. And then over the years, they started incorporating fish and chicken. And so anyway, she, she was really smart in that she evolved with kind of the research, she, you know, and with what Worked for people. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I just to finish answering that one question. Yeah, um, how you got here. How I got here. So when I graduated in Baltimore, I started reading Anne-Marie's books and other books like it. So I started writing to Natural Gourmet. This is back when you would write for an admissions catalog. (laughs) So uh, anyway, once I was diagnosed with celiac, I had been offered a promotion at my job and I was tired. I mean, I was just pretty wiped out from it. And so I had been thinking of maybe leaving teaching. And uh, my sister lived in Seattle, and I had been out there a few times and gone to some job fairs. So I decided to move to Seattle. They have great food. So I started taking cooking classes out there. And I took one with this woman, uh, Betty Hagman, who was sort of the queen of gluten-free. She was the only person who had a gluten-free cookbook at that time. Wow. She was 90, huh. crippled with osteoporosis and teaching this class. She, she was so inspiring, so amazing. So I got back to my place and I called Natural Gourmet and I said, how do I get in? You know semi Kelly, and they looked up my name and they said do you know over the last 10 years you've written to us for a catalog seven times
0: wow <laughs> so wow
1: I had but, some friend... but did
0: you get the catalog until you had that conversation
1: yeah so i i filled out the application i had friends in new york who helped me find an apartment i moved within i don't know two months wow and started the program um so Then when I was there, I did recipe development. There was a really great instructor, Sue Baldisano, really great woman who uh, got the gluten-free thing. You know, back then, even they thought it was a kind of obscure, like, how are you going to make it as a chef if you focus on this? I mean, this is just so obscure. Nobody (laughs) needs this. So I did some recipe development. And then when I got out, uh, I was doing, I was driving. I had, you know, I was in New York, all my stuff was in storage in Seattle. My family was in Iowa City. So I stopped to visit and I was just like,
0: wow, it's so easy here.
1: <laughs> it's so quiet. In
0: Iowa. It's like handleable.
1: Yeah, it's like so quiet and everything. And I thought, you know, I really want to do something with this gluten free. So maybe I should try to develop a business here. Mm. It's the center of the country. It's easy for distribution, you know? So, so it all kind of, I got all my stuff out of storage, brought it back to Iowa and started. And the one thing I started as kind of a personal chef. Okay. And the one thing people kept asking me for was bread. And it was the one thing I missed and that I had stopped
0: mm, eating. That you had stopped eating. And so it was like, okay, what year was this? Was the, the, the This st- was
1: uh, 2002. Okay. Okay. So- I, I developed a bread and, uh, the famous kind of line I had with my business, it was called breads for Manna, Okay. was I had my brother eat it. And he, you know, this guy's like meat, potatoes and a beer, you know, he can eat whatever he wants and he ate it. And he's like, what's the big deal. It tastes like bread. I'm like, well, that's the big deal. <laughs> so I, uh,
0: I started Yay. ding, ding, ding. It yeah. tastes like bread.
1: <laughs> and I, I developed it so that it was healthy. You know, it was mm. for people like me who are also type one who can't just down a simple starch. Yeah. You yeah.
0: And eat. people people don't understand. Again, I talk all the time, Anna, thank you for saying that. There's simple starches and there's complex. There's yeah. complex carbohydrates, there's simple carbohydrates, yeah. there's simple starches, there's more complex because you need, when when we say to you, I'm going to cut in just for a second, so P, I, it's good to put things in context. I have a diabetes 2 doorman here. One of my mm-hmm. doormen is diabetes 2. And when he Asked for coffee and when he's doing it overnight, I don't give him sugar, okay, Mm -hmm. because he's used to putting white, refined sugar in there. I will put in a teaspoon of maple syrup or agave because I know that the burn will be slower for him. And he looked at me the next day. I said, Let me explain something. I said, How did the coffee taste last night? He was like, Oh, it was really good. It was sweet enough. I said, And I didn't use sugar. He goes, What do you mean you didn't use sugar? I said, I didn't use sugar. I said, I used maple syrup and the other. The other night, I gave you agave, and if I give you a teaspoon or a tablespoon of the most because you know, a big yeah. one, he was okay because I've seen him go great. So, yeah, yeah, you know, and and yeah. this is why I'm stopping is some of you get that feeling, and I want you to know diabetes type 2 is serious enough that you do it for your life. Okay. Yeah. We know diabetes type one, you know, juvenile diabetes is the hardest, definitely the hardest because it starts so early for people. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that you really have to think about food and when she says simple as opposed to complex it's important for you guys to hear stop register that and go oh there are differences and you may be interested in diving into that so that's why i stopped anna for a second yeah, yeah. because people don't so when i when i stopped and you also said first what did you say before you said first degree first degree means it's somebody in your immediate family. Yeah, when, when you hear somebody say first degree, it's a sibling or a parent. Okay, yeah.
1: A second degree would be a cousin. Yes. So yeah. so, so just
0: yeah. for you guys to understand. So I don't ever want you guys to think we're talking over your head. I want you to understand and become really familiar with this because chronic conditions exist, not just for you. You may have friends, you may have family members who are struggling with this and we want you to have the right information, right, Anna? I mean, it yeah. makes a difference. So you developed this, Brad, your brother liked it and he's like, it tastes like bread, and you're like, "Duh," because you know that's easier. Well, said that was than a done. big
1: thing with gluten free, because gluten free at that point didn't bread did not taste like bread. It yeah. it either it either had no flavor, or it was just dry and crumbly. It had an awful kind of mouth feel, sort of sandy and grainy. That was I knew I had something unique.
0: Did you start with a certain kind of flour, a nut flour or another type of flour first? You no, know, I knew? did
1: not use any rice flour. I mean, okay. I, I think you I. Saying- but rice
0: flour was what was out there. So rice flour would be grainy turned into. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think I have some kind of sensory stuff, like I'm Good. super sensitive to fabrics and you know, sound. And uh, I the, the sandy, grainy mouthfeel of rice flour was really intolerable to me. I mean, <laughs> I just, I couldn't stand it. You know, some people don't mind it. I, I just couldn't stand it. So I went to a, a food conference in the Midwest. And there were growers there, small growers growing really unique grains. And at that time, there were some bean flowers, something called montina grass, which was Montina grass that Native Americans would grow and mill into a flower. It was really high in protein and fiber, no gluten. It wasn't grown where wheat was grown because this is the other issue with the growing of different grains is they can be cross-contaminated with wheat fields and transportation and all that. So I I took all of these things and my goal was to take the nutritional profile of wheat and match it with gluten-free.
0: Wow, okay.
1: So that first bread was that. And then I launched a little website and I sold this, this flower blend. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna have to get a job because I'm just like not gonna make money. Yeah, I'm gonna make a living. And then my sister, who also has celiac, has hypothyroidism, yeah, has mm. Hashimoto's, uh, was diagnosed with celiac and severely lactose intolerant. Mm. she said, because at that point I had some powdered milk in that bread. And she said, you have to make me one that's dairy free. So I Got made her one that was dairy free. So I put that on the website. And then people started emailing me and saying, what about banana bread? What about pumpkin bread? Can you make me a bread without yeast? So I just kept Making what people were asking for.
0: Sort of an a la carte menu. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. A bread. I was, you know, and I still kind of think of myself as a bread pharmacy. So with my new line, uh, you know, I sold that company.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you, so it became, just to let people know, you may have seen it because she rolled out into stores. and. It it did well, probably better than you thought it was going to do. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so anyway, I just a couple years ago, I'd kind of gotten out of the food business. It's a it's it's a tough business. Uh, the margins are tight, uh, and you know, getting into grocery stores, there's slotting fees, and there's a lot of competition. And uh, you know, I'm I always used to joke, I should have set this up as a nonprofit.
0: Oh, <laughs> because, that is funny. Yeah.
1: Okay. You know, because it's like, I'm not great at like the money part of things. Cause mm. I just, I want to help. I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm so good, but I really, you know, I really wanted to help people. And I got a lot of gratification out of hearing someone say that they enjoyed the bread that like, cool. that's what kind of fed me. I was really uh, motivated by customers feedback.
0: So did so, you send it as flour or as loaves of bread? Yes. did you send a recipe? Which way? I sent it
1: as a flour blend in a okay. package with just instructions on how to make it. Okay. And then on the website, mm-hmm. I probably had 150, 200 recipes okay. of other things you could make Perfect. with that, that flour blend. Perfect. So I had a pie crust, I had bra- a black bean brownie. I had all these different things that you could make other foods with. So um so anyway, so I i sold that and got out of it and it it was it got really stressful and it wasn't mm. good for my own health. Got it. So um then my niece was diagnosed with
0: colitis and the only which I can empathize was, with.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Mm. And the only she was put on a low FODMAP diet. Okay. And, and you guys FODMAP is great. Eleanor and I talked about that the nutrition mm-hmm. FODMAP though is not not to stay on my mother right. who was diagnosed with celiac, with with gluten intolerance kept saying i'm doing fodmap it's like no you do that to test for a mm-hmm. period of time mm-hmm. you learn what you learn and then you mm-hmm. move out of fodmap it's a great tool from mm-hmm. australia but FODMAP isn't a diet for life.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, yeah. the
1: only bread she could eat on the the low FODMAP was sour, uh, sourdough, which she doesn't like, which <laughs> I found like shocking. I, love I know.
0: I love sourdough. I love, mm-hmm. sourdough. I love yeah. the taste but of
1: anyway, good. <laughs> so I thought, okay, let me see if I can make a bread for her according to this diet. And I made one. I'm like, this is probably the best bread I've ever made. Wow. And, yeah. Really good. And so... So I started feeling better. Okay. I started adopting more of the low FODMAP protocol. Um, and I don't, I, like you say, I, I never followed it
0: super strict. But the but protocol I noticed, helps, right? You felt better. You
1: I know? noticed that the high FODMAP foods were real triggers for me.
0: And you guys, if you're thinking FOD, F-O-D, if you go online, the FODMAP diet, you'll see we have red, red, which means stop, don't eat it because it's high yeah. high and you have yellow just like a yeah. just like a street sign yellow and then green to go yeah. so yeah. um look at it excuse me look at it if anybody's suffering out there with um intolerance at all to see if you remove some things what happens yeah so
1: i i noticed a difference i i had less kind of bloating and um that was my main thing that i still kind of struggled with even following a gluten-free diet so anyway
0: so what I'm Oven. curious. The flour that was in this for your for your niece what what flour base did you use? Did you use cassava? Mm-hmm. Did you use almond? What were you using? That
1: no that, almonds know? are really high on FODMAP. Interesting. And, okay. And that's one thing I noticed is whenever I ate anything with almond flour or I tried to make something with fl- almond flour, it almost felt like I had eaten gluten. Hmm. It felt so horrible. Wow. Uh, so the base I use is I I ground pumpkin seeds chia. seeds. Seeds. I use some sorghum. I use tiger nut flour, which is not a nut; it's a root vegetable. Oh, interesting. Okay, yep. Yeah. And some arrowroot, some tapioca.
0: So and this if, holds it together, guys. Tapioca, sorghum. That helps the bread be be bread and hold together. Yeah. So
1: you know. so, uh, so anyway, so that so then once I I did that, you know, I had some friends. You know, my friends scattered throughout the country from when I had my business before. That's what happened. You know, Mm. my customers became friends. (laughs) And so I said, you know, I'm going to send you this, try it and let me know what you think. And they really liked it. Cool. And so, you know, this was during the pandemic. Oh God! I was doing all this. Oh, God. Thank God
0: you had something to do. That you yeah,
1: could, like, I was just so, trapped I was in your house. Grateful to have <laughs> something to do, and I take care of my mom. So you know, it wasn't that it wasn't really a good idea for me to try to go get a job. Job that I really needed to to find something to do to work from home. So this sort of fit. And so I started, you know, building the line. And now I've got five, soon to have six, two okay.
0: flower blends. That's yeah. amazing. It's, and it's interesting to hear that the almond flour bothered. I know uh, I was introduced to, to cassava flour because of a Brazilian friend. And yeah. when they make the PDF rolls, the, the they're like gougier. So they're puffy. Yeah. They're like uh or they're like um popovers. Yep. So that they use cassava flour and yeah. I love cassava flour. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very mild, lovely, delicate kind of taste. I really, yeah. really liked it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's very nice. So um yeah, so I mean like for now, you know, I don't I just avoid those really high pod uh, map foods you know i can get by with a little bit you know every now and then but mm. you know there's certain ones that just you know it's it, you really become like pavlov's dog you know <laughs> it, it's just like i i'd be hard-pressed to eat almond flour again because it made me feel so
0: awful oh, yeah and because you have an answer that um get that you can use other things why bother you know once you mm-hmm. learn oh i could use this instead of this look in the store i like bob's red mill flour. But they don't always have all the choices in my store or so forth. But you know, a lot of times I see people stand there and look at them and they don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. well, what do I do with like a bean pea flour? I mean, what do I do yeah. with pea flour?
1: <laughs> I mean, that that is the problem with some of these diets is you have to go out and buy so many different ingredients and then you've got to spend time blending them and then, you know, sometimes it turns out, sometimes it doesn't. So, you know, so Anna's
0: done all this for you guys just so, so you that's know. That's
1: why I encourage people to buy some of these flour blends because you know the tweaking, the, the sort of this the testing has been done. You know? And and
0: and remember, she said recipe development. So that is a really important part of developing cookbooks, developing recipes that you may love from a restaurant, or from a chef, taking a recipe, breaking it down and figuring out is what. Anna's been doing. She's literally been looking at, looking at a recipe through a microscope and going, how do I get this texture, this kind of flavor, this kind of enjoyment from mixing things to create a bread finally that people would like. I mean, to be able to order blended flowers like that, she's done all the work.
1: (laughs) Well, and I have a I have a section on my wes- website called Custom Blends. Okay. So say someone can't eat sorghum. Okay. You know, I replace it with something else. Okay. So, you know, it's because every that's the thing about these conditions is that you may go through periods where there's a lot of inflammation and there's just so many things you can't eat that it's not until you start to heal that it's easier to eat a wider a range of ingredients. So, you know, um, that that's something I comment. And some people can't if you buy pre-made things, a lot of people can't eat eggs. Eggs are one of the top eight allergens. Mm. And now you can't even find eggs. But, well,
0: yeah. or they're ten dollars for yeah. a dozen, you know. Yeah.
1: So it's, oh gosh. Yeah. So there's just that's the that's the reason I encourage people to try to buy some of these mine or whoever's mm-hmm. flower blends, is because you can there's more customization you can do with a flower a pre-packaged flour blend and you don't have to try to store 10 different ingredients during <laughs> shelf lives and you know all of that so um that's I think there's benefits to and I think it's really great to get families you know people single children whatever in the kitchen working together the house smells like baked bread I mean how can you not like be cheered up by that
0: you know who doesn't who doesn't like the smell of fresh Baked bread. Yeah. I mean, oh Lord, yeah. that's the
1: It just best. cheers you up.
0: Oh, it sure yeah, as heck to does. Smell,
1: to smell baked bread, I think. But anyway. And so,
0: and what what makes a product gluten-free when when people are looking, what makes it gluten free?
1: No, wheat. Okay. Barley. Okay. Um, oats mostly. There's some gluten-free oats now. But it's the the gluten grain. It's a protein. Okay. Um, that a lot of us can't break we break down and digest. Got it. Got it. To, so oats. It's a very. It's a very on um, proteins are like these long strands. Some of them are shorter. Some of them are longer. Gluten is very long. Oh, interesting. Okay. And it just takes a lot of different enzymes to break it down. Okay. I guess is a very simple way to
0: to say it. No, but that's a good way. You know, because you think you know. Now you see digestive enzymes. You see things you know to help uh, in supplements to help you break down this. Well, you know, do you keep taking enzymes, you keep taking things to break it down because it bothers you. Or do you look another direction, which is perhaps I should try some blended flours that may give me that bread feeling, which I love. I mean, you know what? I've always said if I could have one food, it's actually two, but if I could have two foods, I would have cheese and bread and bread and cheese and cheese and bread and cheese and bread and bread and cheese. And I've gotten better at eating more due to my intolerance of eating more goat's milk cheese and sheep's milk cheese. Absolutely. Staying away more from cow's milk. Yeah. which bothers my system doesn't <coughs> <gusen> tight
1: <laughs> sorry <laughs> tight.
0: no cuz and tight um that, you know, that you have to, you have to listen to your body because as you heard, Emory Colvin, food is medicine. You can cure things Mm -hmm. that you're worried about. This is exactly what Anna did. And And
1: you know, the other thing I tell people, even though celiac is for the rest of your life, just think about today. (laughs) Don't think about, if you think about, I have to do this for the rest of my life. It's too overwhelming. Mm. You just think about what do I have to do today to feel good. Uh And to feel good today and probably tomorrow, sleep better tonight, I don't eat gluten. And if you've got a nice replacement, it makes it even easier and more enjoyable. And I I also think in terms of that food is medicine, there is so much psychological, emotional power in enjoying the foods you eat. Mm. I mean, I think it's good that food is medicine, but food should also be pleasure. You Absolutely, know, it should feed this little pleasure spot in your brain. You know, and, Absolutely, and you know, I mean, those are the things that I do to cope. You know, with some, you know, like travel. You know, for sure, I'd love to travel, but you know, I watch these food travel shows, and mm. you know, what are they eating? Bread, lots of bread. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that wouldn't be part of my experience, yeah. Okay. You know? right, right. You know, so you just you just have to think in, in terms of how I deal with it. Yeah. What
0: do I do today? And that's a good place to start. What do I do today? And not to be overwhelmed, which is yeah. great advice. It's really great advice. Um, is there any other information you'd like to share with the listeners? I definitely, it's, her name is Anna Soboski. I haven't, like, I keep calling her Anna, but just so you know, she does have a last name. Um, tell them about your website and um, what your address is. I will put your address up, but just okay. tell them right. anyway. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yep. It's called Harmony Baking Flowers. And um, for, it took me a long time to come up with a name I felt good about. Mm. Um, you know, there were, we had so many different names, but I basically, liked the word harmony for why everyone likes the word harmony. You know, yeah, exactly. It is just a soothing, calming. Things are kind of in the right direction. Uh, so the, the Harmony Baking Flowers website is pretty simple. It's not complicated. You know, there's a few products up there. I'm, I'm launching a yeast-free bread just because I've gotten so many requests for that. So, and what do you think bothers yeast in people? Yeah, you know, there's probably some inflammation to Overgrowth that gets triggered by yeah. yeast. Uh, there's all sorts of theories about yeast. Okay. And there's yeast in the air. You know, I mean, people may just That's
0: mold. Eat. Yeast is a mold, yeah. so yeah. Yeah.
1: And and people could just be uh you know taking in too much okay. and um so that is for a nutritionist or a health practitioner to figure out, you know. Got Got my it. job is to give them what they need, you <laughs> know. So anyway, uh but I do think it's quite common. It is it's a common request. I used to get with my other company and it's a common request I get now. Okay. And often when people can't have gluten um, and then when they can't have yeast, they have multiple food sensitivities Mm. because they're probably struggling with calming down some inflammation.
0: Interesting. Um, what's approximately? What's your price range for the uh, the you blends, know, the flour? The, it's
1: expensive, and I hate that. But you know, uh, a bread, a two pound
0: bread, the flour is ten dollars. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, here in New yeah. York, don't don't you know? In New York, I know it's more challenging in certain areas of the country. But ten dollars for a two pound loaf of bread, you know, sometimes low is, is eight ninety
1: nine.
0: So what yeah. there, right? I mean,
1: when I see the price. Of like conventional wheat with junky ingredients, mm. like this is not bad, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, I I can tell you this cost increase thing is mm. so real, you know. And but you know
0: what, we'll have there'll be a time where it won't be so hard to ship things as it is right now. I mean, yeah. the world is the world is upside down. We know that, yeah. you know. And
1: I'm hoping at some point I can you know do kind of discounts for larger quantities and you know. That would be good.
0: To do larger. How long do you think it has shelf life? You know, you're just sending two pounds. So how long should people a year? Okay. So that's a long, that's a long time. If you were, you know
1: what? I mean, I suggest people keep it in the freezer
0: if they're not going to make it with Oh, interesting. In the freezer? I would have never thought. In the freezer.
1: Yeah. If they're not going to make it within the next three or four months. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. but most people do. And I think most people, you know, buy more frequently in smaller quantities. For freshness. And I think that if they can do that, I think that's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what, um, Are you, Anna's Bakery, are they seeing your one that you sold in stores anywhere now? Um, You know,
1: that, the, the, you don't even know. (laughs) The people who took it over have gone out of business.
0: Oh, that's a shame.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. There you
0: go. And here you are. So Anna Sobowski is still available. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So uh, there may be some products and I I think they went out of business in, in September of 2022. Yeah, well so, um there may still be products in stores somewhere.
0: Yeah. But, but uh-huh, let's let's yeah. go to yours, the Harmony, and and know that, you know, there you have developed something that really um goes far. You know, and I totally understand why, you know, when you get involved with the distribution, it is very, very demanding and there's lots of numbers and math and business that you have to do. I mean
1: well, this, the other thing is you lose the part that I didn't like is you lose a connection to your customers.
0: Oh, okay. You know,
1: when people order directly from me, I'm connected to them. Mm-hmm. They, if they have a question, they can email me, you know, right. and I get to hear what they like and what they don't like and what they need. And if you're just selling in stores, it's, the, and, and you know, there's some people who prefer that. They don't, they just want to have the products out there and be done with it. I'm the other way. I, I, I like hearing from people. I like hearing what they are experiencing. So...
0: Well, I also think it helps you develop new product. When you're hearing over and over again that they're looking for yeast-free, you exactly. have to say to yourself, okay, maybe this is what I need. It's interesting to think that, you know, you're using pumpkin seeds. I love hearing that. And chia seeds, you know, chia seeds are, you know, oh, you have one of those too. I do. Did you hear the bark, you guys? No, we know. I tell I tell them, I tell people, you know, you're going to hear some things because yeah. we're doing this, you know, live and, and real.
1: <laughs> a bird probably flew by.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: okay. <laughs> it doesn't take much.
0: <laughs> yes. What do you have a terrier? What do you have out there?
1: He's a he's a, a rescue and he's yeah, kind of a too. mixed up little guy. Uh, he's like ten pounds. He looks kind of like a little Westie. Okay. Yeah.
0: And I have a I have a, a rescue that I got eleven years of age, who's a who's a terrier, who's a mixed terrier.
1: Yeah, he's it, Oscar's definitely some kind of terrier. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely, definitely a lot of terrier. I don't think yeah. there's there's much more in him than a bunch of different kinds of terrier. Yeah. Probably the same with us. You know what? His haircut the last time, his face right now, the way she cut his beard, looks a little poodle. And oh, I keep wow. looking at his face going, well, he has a very long snout as opposed to there's the certain oh. snout. For yeah. uh, there's a longer snout for schnauzers, miniature yeah. schnauzers. You see a longer snout, but with Yorkies and so forth, that's a shorter snout. Yeah. Um, he's a mix of a border terry, he's got really long legs, which I like. I don't like yeah. them low to the ground, that's just me, you know. Yeah. there's nothing yeah. wrong with them, but I like them a little because they're faster. The ones yeah. that are have longer legs are faster, yeah. <laughs> so, True. but now, yeah. but you know, it, so we hear them every once in a while. I tell people, people like it has to be silent. I said, I hate to say this, but life is know, not silent. Silent. life is yeah. not silent. <laughs> and, you know, with, you know, hosting this radio show, we're talking about chronic conditions in life and I don't feel it has to be that formal. So you sneezing, welcome to life. <laughs> <laughs> right? Me right? slurping my coffee, welcome I'll to cut, life. You know, and, you know, sometimes they hear construction below me because I live in an yeah. apartment building and, you know, uh, you try and mute that the best you can. But right now until the end of March, you guys, you'll have to bear with craziness of ripping up an apartment. So, oh, wow, yeah, well, you know, it'll be over the end of March. Thank yeah. goodness. Cause it's over a year of this nonsense. Oh but, my gosh. You wow. know, but you have to keep remembering, this is what makes it more um, tactile. You know, yeah. this is what's happening in life. Um, but I think that I love bread. And when Eleanor was telling me about you, Anna, I was so intrigued because, you know, you filled a void and it, you filled a void for yourself, but you also filled a void for others that are struggling and people do bread is just this thing you can grab a sandwich at any time okay it's an easy thing to take to work it's anything to travel with but if you don't have bread how do you do that you know it opens a
1: lot of food doors yeah
0: (laughs) and you want people to be able to be mobile and be able Mm -hmm. to pack up something and get on a plane or in a car or or go Mm -hmm. to the office Mm -hmm. and to have bread you know you know in my brain i would think oh well i would go to like pita it's like, it still has wheat flour in it, by the mm-hmm. way. Did I mention mm-hmm. it has wheat flour in it? Mm-hmm. Pita is a form of bread. It mm-hmm. is not, you know, it's it's the way that they make it. And it's, that's all, but it's still a wheat bread. Yeah. So it doesn't work for a lot of people, which is just important to hear um, how to shift things. How do you think that they're doing out there in regards to gluten-free pastas? Have you played great. with that? Do you care? Yeah. Oh, I love them. Yeah, i found some really great
1: ones. The key to making them is to boil them in about two to three times more water than you would a wheat pasta. Really?
0: Yeah. Because, because they expand. So much
1: starch. Okay. And it, it, you know, the pasta will just gum up and won't be able to kind of move around and cook evenly if there's not enough water with all that starch in the.
0: Oh, how pot. interesting.
1: Interesting. So, uh, and then you do have to rinse them.
0: Okay. With warm water. Okay.
1: But um, I have found some delicious gluten-free Pastas. There's uh Tinkyada.
0: Tinky. I was gonna say tinkiata is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. T I N K Y. Yeah. And then
1: there's Jovial that I really like. J-O-V-I-A-L. Jovial. I think so. Like Jovial yeah. like
0: being Jovial.
1: Yeah. Okay. And um the ones that I stay away from are okay. the ones that have quinoa or corn in them. Okay. Nintendo. those don't quinoa is a tricky ingredient for me. Mm. Yeah, you know, if you can eat quinoa, there's, I'm sure you know, give it a try. I would say, but quinoa is a tricky ingredient for me.
0: So um, because why is quinoa um, hard for some celiac intolerance? Uh,
1: well, from what I've read, it's become so popular
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that there are issues across contamination. Okay. There you go. And it's got a it's got a protein in it, you know that. It, it doesn't have gluten, but it's it's a it's a difficult protein to digest. Okay, is what I've read. So, and it's just been my experience. I, when I first found out about quinoa, I mm-hmm. was eating it because it was like a replacement for couscous. Right. So I was just eating it all the time, and then all of a sudden, it started making me feel really awful. So, anyway, the pastas I like are actually the the brown rice pastas.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Like penne Yeah, I like I've. I've had the Tinkyada for years because yeah. it's been around. I mean, it's been around a long time. I did not know Jovial. Yeah. Uh, so that was good to hear. Um, and Tinkyada is from Canada, yeah, which is good to hear. You know, it's close. Yeah. You know, because people don't know where to sort of look for I can
1: things. let me grab a box of the Jovial. It might be it might be made
0: in Italy. Oh, okay. That'll be interesting. So she's getting a box for us to, you know, for us to hear about and I will definitely put up these these brands because, you know, we're always looking for gluten-free. And even if you just have a mild intolerance, guys, this would help. This would really help. I was just saying even with a mild um intolerance, yeah. these would Yeah. Help. So Jovial.
1: It's, it's- J-O-B-I-A-L, organic brown rice pasta. They have these delicious egg noodles that I use when I make chicken noodle soup. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Sounds good. Right. That'd be good for chicken noodle soup. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's two ingredients, organic brown rice
0: flour and water. Isn't that amazing?
1: Yeah. Produced in a dedicated gluten-free facility. Oh, it's in Connecticut.
0: Interesting. Yeah. It's from Connecticut. Okay. That's not bad. North Stonington,
1: Connecticut.
0: Sounds like something that would be in more stores, which would be good. It's Tinkillata. in lots
1: of stores.
0: Yeah. But Tinkiata has been around a long time. That's the one I know the longest. I've known yeah. that since high school, yeah. since uh, since college. I saw Tinkillada yeah. in Kalamazoo. So I yeah. know that it's been around for a while. Yeah. 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 And anything else in regards to, um, things that replace flowers that you've sort of moved towards, we know bread because you're the master of that, but now people have an idea about pasta, um, rice is rice. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying
1: to think. And I, you know, I encourage people to really explore rice. You know, there's so many varieties of rice and to blend them and mix them just, you know, they can be much more interesting, have different textures. And so, um. I do, I do cook with rice. I don't like it in baked foods, but I do cook.
0: It gets with grainy, rice. you guys. That's why yeah. she doesn't like it in baked goods. It, it has a very grainy uh, texture. If that's mm-hmm. something that you like, cool. You know, yeah. go towards it. Yeah. But, but rice. Also, she's talking about rice. I'm going to talk a little bit of rice. About uh, we were talking before about the the burn of rice. If you're eating jasmine and basmati rice, they burn slower. Mm-hmm. It depends on the length of the grain. Mm-hmm. There's long grains and short grains. Mm -hmm. And so think about that when you're looking at things. A lot of times when I'm dealing with a a Latin customer, a Latin client, um, they come from eating that yellow rice or that short grain rice that you get, you know, Goya has rice and all that kind of stuff. If I can get people who are trying to lose weight for health reasons, Mm -hmm. I encourage them consider buying jasmine rice Mm -hmm. or a, um, a, uh, what did I say, jasmine rice or a basmati rice, Mm -hmm. because it will give you the same flavor. In fact, you may like it better because it's more delicate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it may help you in regards to what the burn is. And that's what we're talking about. That We're talking about something that's like a sugar. And when you get that rise and fall with certain foods, like when we say, don't eat, don't drink orange juice, eat an orange, Mm -hmm. because eating an orange whole is very different than when you take the fiber out and all of the things that sort of encompass eating food like that. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting um, to hear these things because people really don't take those into consideration, especially with gluten. I'm glad to hear that, you know, we're really evolving with this. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a good thing. Mm -hmm. Do you find that that seeds are better? Do you find that people um, in regards to you said you're mixing Um, seeds, that things like sesame seeds and pumpkin seeds and so forth um, create really good flowers.
1: Yeah, I really like them. Um, And now I do, you know, I do grind them to be like a powder. So they're, you know, like people who have diverticulitis or whatever, they can't eat, you know, a lot of seeds. At least
0: that's... No, no, my husband has it. We don't do sesame seeds. We don't even do like strawberries and certain seeds and berries because you know what? He can eat nuts and yeah. keep saying, can I eat the nut? I said, yes, different than seeds. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. with diverticulitis, you guys, diverticulitis is another gut mm-hmm. issue. They can get stuck. Little seeds can mm-hmm. get stuck and they cause inflammation and a lot of pain. So yeah. if you have diverticulitis, you want to eat less seeds because who wants to be miserable, yeah. you know?
1: I mean, I don't use anything I can't grind to be a powder. So the, the pumpkin and the chia or are, are like And chia
0: is, chia, I was going to say, Chias expand, you guys. That's why you see a lot in oatmeal, like overnight oats and Mm. things with uh, yogurt to expand, Mm. you'll see people who are losing weight, uh, nutritionists and dietitians say, add, uh, you know, a teaspoon of chia seeds in there Mm. because it will make you feel fuller faster. Mm. And no, that's not a a lie. That is actually Mm. the truth, Mm. right? I mean, Mm. you know, um, that's why you, that's why you want balance, you guys. And, you know, uh, Harmony is giving you that her, her bakery, her baked. Uh, Flour uh, mixes are giving you that is that balance that Mm -hmm. you need. I mean, she's she's doing the work for us, which is very thoughtful, Anna.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, You know, I sort of joke like, well, what else am I going to do? You know. Like, i don't know you know it's I mean, like you get to a certain stage in life and you're like well this is what i like this is what i've you know i feel like i can do and do it well why would i do you know anything else so um it's not you know i mean i do i really do like meeting and hearing people's stories and knowing that the breads are helping them that, mm. that's a part of it too so uh i just hate that i have to charge people but you know
0: I are you going to make a living so that you yes. get it out there? Yes. I don't think people, you know what, Anna? I don't think that people mind paying for something that has really been created thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. And especially when that person is going through the same um, challenge that they are, that same intolerance to learn yeah. that I have choices and there's lots of recipes that you offer people. Yeah. Um, there's lots of recipes, you guys, in books. Um, but I love that Anna's dealing with bread flour, with, you know, with flour and she can guide you to how to make things that you yeah. may have been missing, like pie crust. So You yeah. heard her say, here's yeah. a way to do pie crust. Yeah. And um, obviously, people were asking for banana bread and pumpkin bread. They can use these in mm. their banana and pumpkin bread, which is, yeah. you, know, yeah. you know, those are sweeter, you know, more, more.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I I give people the option with these to use any sweetener they want in any amount they want. I mean, I'll make a recommendation on the amount of sweetener. That will create some balance to the flavor. And not the stuff I make is not overly sweet. Uh, So um, if people like things sweeter, they can
0: add more. But um, but you give them room to play. So they can they can they can personalize it and customize it themselves. And like
1: you, I I love maple syrup as a sweetener. Oh my goodness. This is so so rich and layered in flavor. And I feel like I need less because it's such a great flavor. You don't need to use as much as you would like a yeah. regular sugar.
0: I, you know, when I learned, you know, I grew up in a household, Anna, fortunately or unfortunately, and we're talking, you know, decades ago, sweet and low became what my mother used. You know, oh, she used sweet, and, that's what she used. She used sweet and low till she died. Mm-hmm. That is what she used. Mm-hmm. So I used to use it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I learned and as we developed sodas and they started to put equal in and we learned that, and honestly, people, I'm being serious. So Coke and all those things, they had um, equal in it. Equal is bad for your brain. There are yeah. literally... Studies on this. I'm not making this up. There's empirical, honest goodness studies. Nature.com, great journal. There is information. It is not good for your nervous system. It is not good for you. For other things, it gives you brain fog, it gives you money. But mm-hmm. so I pulled away, and my nutritionist was like, "Well, how are you going to? You know, what are you going to do instead? I like monk fruit um when it's good. My girlfriend introduced me to a company where they have packages. Mm-hmm. Of monk fruit. I hate stevia. Hate the mm-hmm. taste of it. Mm-hmm. So that's me. There are people that like it, but I. He said, "Why don't you use like a teaspoon of maple syrup in your coffee or mm-hmm. agave?" And for me, I try and do this, especially at my house, because it's a syrup. So. You know, mm-hmm. I you know, can't carry that. I have monk fruit in my bag in case I get mm-hmm. stuck. But you want to have choices, mm-hmm. you know? And so everybody's on an exploration. I think most people mm-hmm. are, honestly, to find out what works. And all of you out there, you're hearing a lot about gut, you know, the, the gut. And they're considering that as, well, for some, the first brain, but second brain in, in our bodies mm-hmm. and that the gut is that intuitive and knows that much mm-hmm. and feeds that much part in the pun, really, you have to think, gosh, if I've been suffering and not feeling well over years, over decades, is there something I can do to help me? It's just like the doctor at Brown saying to her, yeah, but you're not going to be able to do this diet. Mm-hmm. Well, Anna, who has been diabetes type 2 since she's 16. Type 1. Type one, Oh, you're type 1. Yeah. Even harder, guys. Even harder. Type 1 is harder. Um, And to be able to figure out, you have to, if you're a diabetic, you have to figure out how you're going to do this. So for her, it was an easier journey. But I hope you get inspired with the people I have on Wellness Learning Curves 2.0 every week, because I want you to think about chronic conditions differently. I want you to think about making lifestyle changes that will improve health, that will improve your lifestyle, and that having a chronic condition like diabetes one, like MS, like gluten intolerance, celiac, these are things that you can live with. You can live with this, but you have to be willing to explore and look for substitutes for looking for additives, things that work for you, right, Anna? I mean, you have Mm -hmm. to do that for yourself. And, you know, one
1: thing I would say is, you know, find kind of a celiac buddy or a diabetic buddy somebody else who's on the same journey it's just nice to know you're not trying to you know figure this all out on your own and there's somebody else you can say hey if you tried this have you eaten there you know it I think that yeah, yeah that's, and- what, that's what my customers became for me I learned a lot from my customers because they say oh if you're in you know Los Angeles, eat here or something like that.
0: Perfect. Perfect.
1: It can be really nice to to also have a coach or someone that's with you on the journey.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to figure that out. That's why I speak to caregivers. That's why I speak to patients, Mm -hmm. experts in medical fields and also integrative, because I want you to know you have more choices than you think. And um, information, I always say this to, you. Information's power. Mm-hmm. It's only as good as the pass along. Yeah. And on that note, I am going to ask Anna to repeat her website um, handle. So you guys just hear it one more time.
1: Uh, HarmonyBakingFlowers.com.
0: Perfect. So you guys have that. I will put it up. And we may have Anna back to talk about eating as diabetes type 1 because that's really challenging for a lot of people as the parent, as the person, as the spouse, as... As the sibling as a friend to know why you know why is my friend having to do this and to be able to support each other with chronic conditions I think makes life that much more juicy yeah right I agree agree. yep thank you I appreciate it and have a great day guys we'll see you next week Anna enjoy your day and the sunshine definitely thank you (laughs) thank you so much
1: much. all right thank you okay bye-bye